I remember I had this night, um, this, it was, it's such a impactful, you know, have those moments in your life where like you just like have this awakening or you have this like just aha moment. It's one of those, I can still remember laying in my bed. I was living in this house in Oceanside at the time and my kids were asleep and I was sobbing myself to sleep because I was so scared because, you know, I was teaching, I had followed this path. I was teaching nutrition. I had, you know, the very last of, you know, my savings, which wasn't a ton that I was living off of and trying to figure out like, what am I going to do? Like, you know, I, I'm just draining my accounts just to live and how am I, you know, I have two kids to provide for. How am I going to feed them? How am I going to take care of them if I don't get a regular job? And I didn't want to get a regular job. I had gotten accustomed to this lifestyle of like being the one to drop my kids off being the one to pick them up, being the one to do homework with them. I didn't want to go back to the nine to five and, you know, leave them in a daycare and have other people raise them. But at the same time, I wanted to provide for them and I didn't want to be irresponsible with money, you know, and drain all my savings. And, you know, so I was having this moment where I was just not trusting. And I remember crying myself to sleep that night, sobbing, just being in such fear. And then after I cried it all out and there was like nothing left to cry, I was like, okay, so we got that out of the way, you know, now... Now let's plan. <laughs> what do we want? Let's talk about what we want. Let's not talk about what we don't want. And I learned, and in that moment, I realized we're so busy figuring out how things won't work that we don't really spend the time planning how they will. And I started to see this everywhere I looked, even with my son. I see it now. But this this idea of, you know, well, how am I going to get there? We're so focused on how we're going to get there that we are we don't ever take the leap. That was Nastasha McKeon, and this is episode 103 of the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. Welcome back to the show, you guys. I'm Jess, your host, and we have a super inspiring convo for you today. Inspiring in the sense that I think it's going to assist people in taking action on their dreams. And for those of us who are already in the thick of the warrior path, it should shed some bright beaming light on the fact that we are not alone. This path to living purpose will continue to deliver all that it promises, miracles when it seems like nothing will budge, blessings in just the nick of time, brick walls to climb, some with ropes and some without, and a massive requirement of trust. It really does boil down to the trust that there is a bigger plan for all of us and that everything, no matter how it may present itself in the moment, resolves to good. We live in a society that conditions us to count our burdens and not our blessings, to worry that we won't have enough, and to hoard what we do have. And knowing what I know about universal law, these are the opposite things that we should be doing. In fact, they bring us the exact things we don't want. That's why I'm so excited about today's show. Nastasha is a single mom of three, a passionate vegan, and a vibrant entrepreneur who has been brought to her knees more than once on her road to living her purpose. In finding this purpose all started just after her grandmother passed away when she was 11 years old. This was a woman who Nastasha describes as her light during a very dark time, and so to lose her was devastating, but I believe that even after her death, she was still the light and the one that set Nastasha forth on her warrior path to where she is today. She is the owner of the multi-location organic juicery and vegan meal cafe known to us lucky San Diegans as Choice. For certain, it is easy to look at the view now, having just announced the opening of their fourth location, and think that abundance has always been a cinch. But what we get today is the backstory, the raw moments, the petrifying nights, the sobbing to sleep stories, 
from cashing out retirement and bank accounts just to make payroll to the undeniable flow of circumstance falling into place when she went all in to realize her dreams by refusing to have a backup plan. In listening to this episode again in prep for its launch, I experienced all the feels, and I think you will too. Nastasha has such a powerful story, and she is living proof that when we follow our deepest desires, the ones that make us feel absolute truth, the ones that scare the heck out of us, yeah, those, that we will be supported by the universe. Now, listen up. That does not mean it's going to be calm waters every day. No way. But if we can adopt the understanding, as our guest today says, that things don't happen to us, but for us, we will see the unfolding of our lives in a new way. And that way is an extremely powerful way to live. And speaking of powerful, Team Yogi Triathlete is kicking it up a notch or two these days. We just got our first win of the season out of Philly. YT athlete Matt put down a smoking fast 1726 5K for the win last weekend. We got PRs happening all over the place. Susanna crushed her personal best at Boston in a typhoon. Gary crushed his personal best at a 10K in Brooklyn. I crushed my ultra PR by 30 minutes in Mendocino. And today I get to officially welcome Ed to our team. He is training to crush Ironman Louisville. And this guy is no joke. Under coach Beej's guidance, I'm sure he's going to be blown away what he thought possible. So the team is growing, you guys. We are on the rise. We got athletes in Utah, California, Massachusetts, Mississippi, Pennsylvania. We got them all over the place, you guys. And if you are looking to join a group of super strong, awake and ready athletes, then drop us a line and let's get your name in the next podcast intro. Oh yeah. All right. Now on to the show. Nastasha wants more choice in the world. And with her determination and mindful way of living, there is no doubt in our minds that it will all come to fruition. Listen closely, peeps, because there are many moments of gold in this episode and stick around for the outro as we'll be offering a sweet bonus from Nastasha and her crew at Choice. I really think you're going to dig this chat. And so without another breath passing by, I give to you the gorgeous and organically awesome Nastasha McKeon. My alter ego is like a triathlete, but who I currently am is like a half marathoner. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got your hands full because you've yes, got a little uh, baby. Yes. I, well, I have two teenagers. I have a little baby and, you know, then work business. So it keeps me busy for sure. Good thing you're putting high vibes in the body. Yes, absolutely. Do you meditate? I do. Absolutely. Oh, good. Mandatory. <laughs> Mandatory. It's funny. For for the last several years, I was into meditation and um, I think... I think it finally like hit home, I would say in the last year, honestly, where, you know, in the past I would meditate when I felt good and I felt like meditating, but then when, you know, life happened and I was going through a rough time, I forgot about all the things that gave me the sanity that I needed. So it's like you discard like, oh, I'm, things are terrible. I can't work out. I can't meditate. I can't do this right now. It's like, that's when you need that stuff the most. It's exactly when you need it so the most. So yeah. I finally got that lesson loud and clear last year. So now I'm really committed to like meditation. Just that's like a... Bar, there's no, it's not compromise. an option. Yeah, there's no compromise. Yeah. Yeah. Even, if I, even if I get 10 minutes to myself, whatever it looks like with a baby, it's a lot harder to find time to meditate. But um, uh, it's now, I mean, there are days when I'll like, you know, put her in her little playpen and I'll sit in there with her and she'll be climbing all over me and I'm just like uh, able to still find my... <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, 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 so. That's, I mean, because it doesn't have to be in this 
on this fancy pillow. Exactly. Things burning around That's you. That's what stopped me and, all this time because it was yeah. like, I, oh, I don't have the right, it's not quiet enough. I don't have the right space. I don't have the perfect little altar set up. You know, I didn't have all the things that I thought that I needed. You don't and need any of it. it. Ironically, yeah, this year I've really learned that I've been um, reading a lot of Joe Dispenza and I've been just really diving into as much as I can about meditation, Michael Singer's books, just mm-hmm. all kinds oh, of. Oh, Untethered Soul. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm reading that right now. That's it's such amazing. a good, that was a game I love this, changer for me a long I, time well, ago. For me, the surrender experience was that <laughs> experiment, and um, somebody just turned me on to the untethered soul, and I just started reading it, and I'm just like, wow, this guy is just gold. And his, it. Michael Singer, yeah, his, I, I believe I'm speaking um, correctly here, his wife is Byron Katie. Okay, okay. That's the next thing. And really? her book is Loving What Is, Ooh. which is all about loving whatever is right in front of you. That's loving amazing. everything that is coming at you, loving everything that has come past yes. you. Oh, yeah. And yes. just meeting it. Like, what if we walked through life as if we chose every moment? Because honestly, we are choosing it. We are. We're creating yes. all the time. And even the stuff that we think or label as bad is actually good. It's happening for us. And I think, I mean, in my personal experience, I guess I can't speak for the world, but for myself, if I look back at all the challenges that I faced in my life and I've had some intense challenges but those have been my biggest moments of growth and they they were you know blank packaged up differently than the other presents and gifts in my life but they were equally as valuable as every other gift in my life all the challenges even my biggest challenge people you know in my life have been my greatest teachers I've learned the most about myself from facing those you know types of situations and people so I'm 100% on board with all of that I love how you just said that like it there it's packaged differently yes uh, but it's it's still a just as valuable <laughs> if not more yes. valuable and oh 100% yeah yes. BJ and I are very very familiar with this you know we've gone all in with Yogi Triathlete like he quit a really sweet paycheck and we've wow. just gone all in and because we believe in it and we I, I go to bed at night like I'm serving my purpose. I, I'm That's serving amazing. my soul's purpose. I'm writing my, my soul blueprint. Like I know this. I know this for sure. And boy, it has, it has brought us to like, you know, looking at the bank account and there's a dollar fifty nine yes, in it. Right. right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. whoa, what's your relationship to that? And yes. there was a time where that would have freaked me out and I oh, would have yeah. like absolutely wouldn't be able to sleep and the pressure in the chest and like uh, you have on. to get yes. 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 Oh, I've been there. I've been there. Yeah, BJ just he he's like he's so earth, so he just like shuts down and I'm fire, so I'm gonna like blow up. Okay, yeah, I'm sh- I shut down. Yeah. And and so like through those experiences like realizing like it doesn't number one that those things don't define me no and wow holy crap I've learned so much and I could never have learned this in a book so if that shows up in the bank account Absolutely. I'm calm yeah, yeah. I'm, it doesn't change yes, my life like no if I'm happy and having a great day yes why would something like that change not my day my state not right? at all no so it's um it we were just talking about this with our meditation teacher like there's no way we could have learned this from a book. You have to experience Life, it. Absolutely. And everybody does. Yes. And you're an entrepreneur, so yes. I know you've, you've taken oh, risks. Oh, wow, yes. I mean, those moments that you're describing, there's a time <laughs> with choice. So not too long ago, actually, we've only been going three years and like 10 months or something like that. So we're not even at our four-year birthday yet. And yeah, there was a time just a few short years ago where I was cashing out you know, the last of my retirement, the last of my checking and savings account just to make payroll and not knowing 
how I was going to make it through the next payroll <laughs> because we weren't, you know, making money in the beginning and it was a really scary time for me. But I, like you, I knew that I was, I knew if everything failed six months down the road, even the next week, if everything failed, if everything went to hell in a handbasket, I lived my dream. I went after something. You can fail at anything. Why not fail doing something you love? And I got to chase that. And just to even have it for a brief second to live my dream, to me that was worth every last penny in my bank account for sure. So I completely agree with you on what you just said. And then I, I bet you had moments where you just got fuel from a customer and said, yeah. oh my God. And the perfect, I've... the right time, oh, right yeah. moment. Right, yeah. <laughs> my breaking not point. A, yeah. Not a moment too soon. Yeah, it never yeah. comes when you think you need it, yes, but right when uh, you're like, yes, oh my God, I don't know how much more I can take. Yes, and then it comes uh, in, absolutely. you know, like we'll get an email from, you know, we just got this email from this guy, like, and he might even be listening. Hey, Doug in Alaska, Aww. you know, and he like bought the cookbook <laughs> that we wrote and, you know, he's loving the podcast and it's like, Doug in Alaska, you're amazing. Like yes. you just filled my heart. You just gave me the fuel. Fuel to Absolutely. go. It's just it's so spe- it's such a special experience. And again, what we learn from this. So I have a question, and then we got to tell people what choice is. Although I oh, feel yeah. like maybe they it's already know good. because we probably have been chugging some of it on the <laughs> podcast before. Um, Love to hear that. <laughs> is um, in those moments where you're like cashing out everything, yes, um, like all that stuff that you save, right? Because that's what we're supposed to do. Yes. We're supposed to hoard yes, and save, right? Right? Yes. God, you got to have your savings. Yes, absolutely. Like, and, yeah. But you can't spend any of it. No. So no. here you are, like going against the grain like we right. like to say like we live against the grain right oh yes and um in those moments where you're you're like writing those checks yeah, and try you're... telling your investment banker broker <laughs> that you're I'm cashing everything out so I can pay payroll next week imagine his advice <laughs> how did you get through those moments oh goodness it's a really it's tough to find a simple answer to that um I think for me I my life like leading up to that point, you know, so I'd have to give a little bit of a background to really make the answer make sense to that. I, you know, I've gone down the path of chasing a paycheck. Um, I worked in the banking industry for, uh, gosh, since I was a baby, like I think it was eight years I was in the banking industry. And uh, coming from nothing growing up, grew up on food stamps, you know, welfare, saw crazy, crazy things, had absolutely nothing. As a, you know, young, young adult, I was offered this, you know, prominent position in a bank. It was a program where they're going to send us to get licensed and, you know, go through all of these um, programs and you're going to be, you know, a distinguished banker when you were all done with it, which I, I did. And I got in at the right time and real estate was going up this before the big bubble burst and I was making great money. I was a kid. I bought my first house at 19, was paying off cars, buying boats and trailers and living the life. But I was so unhappy. Um, you know, from where I came from, that was successful financially, but I wasn't happy. I was in the most miserable marriage. I, you know, went to work every day chasing that paycheck. I, you know, went home, I'd watch TV, you know, put the kids to bed, go to sleep, wake up, do it all over again. And it was like, I was a zombie just living in this like, you know, very plugged in world and doing what I was supposed to be doing. If you can see my hands right now, you'd see the robotic motions. Robot, robot, robot. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, I was really terribly unhappy, and I didn't, I didn't even know I was unhappy because I didn't know what happiness really was. Uh, You know, fast forward a few years, you know, after I had a kind of 
coming to, you know, Jesus moment, if you will, um, where I just realized that life was more than, you know, having the house and having the car and having the money in the bank. It was, you know, finding happiness and chasing that happiness. And so I started doing that. I tried to like, you know, figure out where in life I found my most happiness. And for me, that was in the break room talking about nutrition. So that's, you know, I ended up chasing that and I had to give up a lot of things along the way. But once I found that and experienced happiness, kind of circling back around to your question, um, how do I get through those hard times or how did I get through those really rough nights um, crying because the forecast showed nothing but rain and we were already negative in the bank account, didn't know how I was going to pay payroll and, you know, scared to death out of my mind. Um, in the end, it was kind of what I said earlier about just if, if, if that was it and that was the end of it, you know. I got to live my dream, even if it was for a period of time. And so I think just knowing that, that would always, um, that would always kind of give me that wind beneath my wings and knowing that I impacted the people that I got to impact in that time. I mean, obviously my life word is impact and I want to do a lot of that. I want to impact a lot of people. Um, but I knew that the people that I had the opportunity to impact, it was going to be lifelong. And, um, so I think that coupled with just trusting the universe, if you follow your passion, you find your purpose and that's what I was doing. And sometimes we think, you know, oh, we're here. This is what we're supposed to be doing. And maybe that thing that's here right now falls apart, but that led you to something else and that led you to something else and then leads you to something else, you know? So I feel like if you're just following and for me in those dark times, I'm following my passion. And if I get real clear with myself, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And if the answer is yes, if I'm in integrity and I'm following my passion, I know that even if this all falls apart, something better is going to be on the other side of that. So I just lean into the discomfort, lean into trusting the universe is going to show up for me better than I could have ever imagined for myself. And that's just never failed me. That is, that is so well said as, as far as like our yogi crap like vibe. Like that is like the perfect essence of what we're trying to bring to our audience is these, these phenomenal people who just something is sparked inside of them mm. <clears throat> and then they just throw everything else away and they, they bring all their focus to their purpose. 100%. So in, in that, when you're working in that environment and nutrition yes. sparked a plug, how did the nutrition, how did the nutrition come in? Is it something you've always loved or? It's a great question. Yeah. I love that question. It's probably Good. one of my favorite answers. Um, <laughs> uh, my answers are going to be a little bit long, so I apologize because it's all kind of tied in together. Yeah, for um, sure. But when I was 11 years old, I lost my grandmother to an autoimmune disease. And uh, she was at that time the only um, healthy example and person that had it somewhat together and and made sure that I was cared for and provided for in my life at that time. And so I lost a light in a really dark place. And I lost it because of a couple of reasons. One of them was this, this disease, this autoimmune disease that I didn't understand at the time. And also because I watched Western medicine fail my grandma. Um, and we can get back to that story. It's kind of an interesting story. So we can go back to that later. I don't want to make it an hour long answer. But um, when she passed away, um, I found a book in her room that she never got a chance to read. And it was all about how 
to heal yourself naturally and how food was medicine. And this was an idea that I had never heard before. And so that planted a seed and I didn't have the right environment to help, you know, the, the soil wasn't right. The water wasn't right. You know, the environment wasn't there to help to grow that seed. Mm-hmm. But over the years, you know, if I heard, oh, soda's bad for you, it's, it, it's not good. It's not feeding me. Oh my gosh. Like I'm, I'm not going to drink soda anymore. You know, I was 11 years old. I think I gave it up as a New Year's resolution. I never drank it again. Um, and just little by little, I was like, oh, white, white bread. So I should do wheat instead of white. Okay. You know, so little by little, I would make these little changes as I got little tidbits of, you know, information. So I was the healthiest person I knew at that time. Of course, you know, the healthier you get, the more you attract healthy people. So it's not always the case now. But um, at the time, I, you know, I'd be working in the banking industry and I'd be on my lunch break and I'd be eating my little quinoa salad with spinach and, you know, you know, people be like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, it's this and that. Try some. It's amazing. And you'd be like, oh, wow, that's really good. Like, why, you know, why that instead of this? And everything I learned, I was so excited and so impassioned by what I knew. I was like just wanting to share it. And in the course of, you know, a short period of time, I realized that people were, I was changing people's lives just in the lunchroom. I worked with this woman, Joe, at one of the banks that I worked at. She was in her mid to late 50s. She was overweight, diabetic, type 2. And um, I started giving her some advice just from what I, my own, you know, studying, my own researching. At that time, I wasn't even certified in nutrition. And I just started giving her advice and she started taking, I started giving her recipes. She started making food that I was making. And in a couple of short months, she she was off of her insulin. She'd reversed her type two diabetes. She'd lost weight. She was happier than I'd ever seen her. And it was just like, wow. So I had this moment, you know, where I I was, you know, taking kind of a tally of my life and trying to figure out where I found happiness outside of being a mom, you know, where in my life did I find happiness? And I found it in that break room because I was so, I was so inspired and I was inspiring people. And I realized if I could do more of that, I could create a lot more happiness in my life. And so that's when I, you know, decided to actually take studying nutrition seriously. Um, it was really hard to find a way to do that because I was really passionate about plant-based nutrition mm-hmm. and I couldn't really stomach like Western nutrition. And um, so I ended up taking a holistic nutrition class. And uh, in the class, I thought it was so interesting because, um, you know, they didn't, you know, um, really follow any nutritional philosophy they just kind of gave you the information. They didn't subscribe to any one philosophy, but it was so crazy to me because in the book, you know, they would tell you like, these are all the nutrients you have to consume and you can't get these, that your body doesn't make them. You have to consume these outside of yourself. Here's where you can get them. Here's the plant list and then here's the animal list. This one comes with all of these negative effects and this one doesn't come with any <laughs> negative effects. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh, so we're all supposed to be plant-based. Like, oh, no, 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 we don't, we don't subscribe to any nutritional philosophy. I'm like, but it's right here in the book. If everybody knew this, they would make better choices. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> what do you mean you don't subscribe? It's right here. You're teaching this, you know? And so, but then I went on and, you know, took like a plant-based certification. And How long ago was this? Gosh. Just to um, put a time frame on it. I would say it was somewhere between six and seven years ago. Probably about like six. It was about two years before I started Choice and Choice is almost four years old. So 2012? Yes. 2013 Yes, 2012. Okay. Uh, it was like when I started studying nutrition. Yeah. 
and I kind of transitioned away from the bank world. I got my real estate license in the interim because out of fear, I was like, I won't make enough money, you know? Right. And so got my real estate license and I failed at that as well. I didn't really actually ever sell a house. Because you weren't supposed to. I wasn't supposed and to. And you did it out that. of fear. Yeah. I did it out of fear. Right. So that's how that <laughs> yes, works. Yes, yes. I've experienced that exactly. too. Like, yeah. I'm just going to apply for this job. Yes, and because it's like, that will, yeah. Nobody wants to yeah. hire me. No, it's <laughs> like, is that what I'm supposed to I do? I want to chase my dream, but I don't really trust it yet. That's yeah. where I was at the time. And so when I really jumped in and fully trusted it, I remember. I remember I had this night, um, this, it was, it's such a impactful, you know, have those moments in your life where like you just like have this awakening or you have this like just aha moment. It's one of those, I can still remember laying in my bed. I was living in this house in Oceanside at the time and my kids were asleep and I was sobbing myself to sleep because I was so scared because, you know, I was teaching, I had followed this path. I was teaching nutrition. I had, you know, the very last of, you know, my savings, which wasn't a ton that I was living off of and trying to figure out like, what am I going to do? Like, you know, I, I'm just draining my accounts just to live and how am I, you know, I have two kids to provide for. How am I going to feed them? How am I going to take care of them if I don't get a regular job? And I didn't want to get a regular job. I had gotten accustomed to this lifestyle of like being the one to drop my kids off being the one to pick them up, being the one to do homework with them. I didn't want to go back to the nine to five and, you know, leave them in a daycare and have other people raise them. But at the same time, I wanted to provide for them and I didn't want to be irresponsible with money, you know, and drain all my savings. And, you know, so I was having this moment where I was just not trusting. And I remember crying myself to sleep that night, sobbing, just being in such fear. And then after I cried it all out and there was like nothing left to cry, I was like, okay, so we got that out of the way, you know, now now let's plan. <laughs> what do we want? Let's talk about what we want. Let's not talk about what we don't want. And I learned, and in that moment, I realized we're so busy figuring out how things won't work that we don't really spend the time planning how they will. And I started to see this everywhere I looked, even with my son. I see it now. But this, this idea of, you know, well, how am I going to get there? We're so focused on how we're going to get there that we are, we, we don't ever take the leap. You know, we're worried how is, how are we going to make that happen? It's not realistic. We should be more realistic. That's what we're told. That's what we're taught from a young age. And I watched this in my son, even just the other day, he was, he was all excited. He's obsessed with cars and he was all excited about like, one day I want to own a machine shop and I want to build cars and I'm going to paint them and do this. I'm like, Oh my God, that's so rad, bud. Like get out a pen and paper, like design your shop. What's it going to look like? You know, I wanted to get him dreaming up his, you know, his plan, his vision. He's like drawing it up and he's all happy, you know? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go check on dinner. I'll be right back. I'm out of the room for maybe five to 10 minutes max. I come back and he is sobbing. And I'm like, what's going on, bud? What happened? He's like, I'm never going to be able to make this happen. I don't even know how to do this. And how am I going to get the money for that? And I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get there. And I was like, oh my God, it starts so young. Mm -hmm. we, we don't even let ourselves dream because we're so busy trying to figure out how to make it happen that we we lose sight of the vision and the dream. And that's where the juicy stuff happens. That's where the magic is. When you focus on the dream from a happy and excited place, stuff starts to happen. It, yeah. it, it's that simple. Because when you're, when you're focused on the, how am I going to do this? I can't do this. I'm never going to have the money. That's what you're attracting. More right? of that. Yeah, that's what you're attracting. But what else is happening is that you're blocking out the higher end of Absolutely. that. So everything's got the opposite. Exactly. And you're blocking I out. I want this, but no, stay back. You know, I want right. this, but no, stay so back. So we're yeah. blocking yeah. out the positive because we're stewing in the negative. Exactly. And it does start early because there's not a lot of people out there that are whole. Agreed. Right? Yeah. A lot of people have a lot of unhealed stuff and like, like, I'm in my mid forties and my parents were, you know, 
their parents were like in the depression, right? So yes. we have this like oh, lineage, absolutely. right? Yes. And I feel like like BJ and I are like, we're breaking you, this. You bring this stuff, you know, yeah. you almost are born mm-hmm. with this stuff. And we are totally <laughs> yes. born with it. And we were raised from parents who were raised from parents yes. who lived in this lack. Absolutely. And so we're, the two of us are like, we're ending this. Good like we, we already have ended it. Like we, we've ended it. Like no more. That's None amazing. of this, no more of this yes. de- in our DNA anymore. Good, we're uh, done. It's amazing. And focusing on that the higher end of things because if there's a low end of things there's a higher end of things absolutely and there's so much stuff and if you can see my hand it's like up in the air (laughs) above me like there's so much of this high energy that's available to us that nobody's taking advantage of we're not tapping into it Right, because Absolutely. we're living in this fear that we're not going to have enough and all we're doing is saying to the universe, we're not going to have enough. Now, the universe is super neutral. It doesn't care if you volunteer at the Humane Society. <laughs> yes. it, does, it doesn't care. It, yes. it's, not, it's not that it doesn't love you, but it just gives you what you're asking for. It just works the way that it, it's just, it just the laws works. of attraction. It's, it's just yes, the way it is that it neutral works. neutral and it is <laughs> yes. law and there's no way around it. So you can volunteer all you want. But if you're living in this lack, scarcity, lack, scarcity, fear, lack, absolutely. that's all you're going to get that's back. That's all you're going to get and back. And so we can, and, and the thing that precedes even like our words and things like that is our vibration. 100%. Right? Yeah. So the universe will hear our words, but if we're saying like, I'm financially independent and free, but I'm still in Feeling. this like, yes, I'm exactly. in this energy of You can of say it all you want. If you don't fear. believe it, if your body doesn't believe it, you're right. not going to attract it. But I do think that that's the first step. I, I agree. I think that's the missing yes. piece with a lot of this law of attraction stuff is like, oh, just match the vibration, change the channel on the radio. And I've yeah. listened to so much <laughs> Abraham Hicks yes. and all, yeah, all yeah, that stuff yeah. over the years. And I've also found that those have been my biggest nosedives too when I get yeah. too pulled into that kind yes. of stuff. Yeah. And I'm like trying to create yeah. that when I'm trying too hard, the universe is like, oh, yes. this, you yes. know, just, you just yes. don't need to try so hard. Like, oh, it's not supposed gross. to be that hard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that's the missing piece is that it's not as easy as just turning the radio no, channel, no. Uh, our frequency. You really do have to change the neural pathways in your brain. Agreed. You really do. And I think you have to do that through practice. And so maybe it's, it's just like starts. working muscle. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And maybe it starts. As you're, you know, in that fear, but you're saying, I'm financially independent and free, yes. but taking it one step further and really hearing yourself yeah. say those things and then embodying what it's going to be Absolutely. like when you are there yeah. as it's happening right now, like right now. Okay. How does that feel? Yes. And I think that that's kind of, if anybody's looking for a hack, which I don't think there's any hack in this self, um, you know, evolution, but like to really start embodying absolutely what that life is going to feel like, who you're going to be, what are you going to wear? Like what's your day going to feel like when you wake up in the morning and you're living your dream and there's a light, cause I've seen a line at choice. That line can be very long (laughs) at choice and you would never think Because let me tell you, there's been times where I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Choice and I'm going to buy myself a juice. And I don't care if it's less $10 that we have in our account. I'm going to go do it because I feel abundant. And and I I would go there and there would be a line. Now, I would never look at that and say, wow, there was a time that she cried herself to sleep. Yeah. Right? Like you never know what's going (laughs) on behind the the story either. 
But um, you're such a beautiful example Thank of you. that bravery because mm. it does take bravery. It takes a lot of bravery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some thick skin, some bravery, but lots you did, of trust. You pointed out <laughs> such a good thing is that we, we count our burdens, not our blessings. Yes, uh, exactly. And, yeah. you know, it's when we're counting our burdens, we're blocking the blessings. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We can't even yeah. see them. So yeah. what would be the opposite of that burden that you're feeling? And embody, like yes. really embody and the what's energy the next of that best blessing. Thing you can reach for, you yeah. know, what's that next best feeling? Because sometimes, you know, I, I try to, you know, people come to me for advice all the time because, you know, from the outside looking in, I'm happy all the time. And I, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but I am happy pretty much 99.9% of the time. But happiness is something that you practice. Uh, you know, it's not something that, it's not something that you just, oh, you're lucky, you're, you're just happy, you're lucky. It's like, I have had my hard times and I'll continue to have my hard times, but where I am today, I show up for the good and the bad the same way. The same, it's, yeah. It's your you know, relationship it's, to those experiences. Yes, exactly. Like, can you switch yes, that relationship? Uh, it's really easy to be happy when everything's going your way. It's really mm-hmm. easy to be happy when everything's working out. There's a lot of money in your bank account and you've got the love of your life. Like, it's really, really easy to be happy. But where the work comes in is can you be happy when things are falling apart? Right. When you that know? blessing gets wrapped up a, a little differently, yes. when it's packaged differently, yes. can you still be thankful? Yes. You know? And I was saying that to somebody recently, like, we, BJ and I have had a lot of challenge with this. We've taken extreme risk. I mean, talk about yes. living off your savings. I know all about living <laughs> yeah. off the savings. Yes. Which is one more rent payment. Yes. But like I said this to someone the like not too long ago, I said, but you know, I have to tell you, like the smiles are real. Yeah. They're real. Like yeah. the, so, the, the social media is not a farce. Like it's yeah. like we are, I was actually doing this. There's a great book called um, E Squared by Pam Grout, which gives you nine experiments of universal law that you can do. It doesn't cost you anything. Like you just do them okay. on your own. It's yeah. really, really kind of a fun, cool book. And people were talking about it. So I figured I would I would listen to it. And um, where was I going with this? Did you practice one? Oh, I've, pra- I've practiced several. And they have definitely come through. Um, all right. Let me back up. Where was I talking about? We were talking about practicing happiness. Practicing what are happiness. You practicing? The smiles are real. Yes, uh, Social media is real. <laughs> Social yes, media is real. <laughs> Like, I don't know where I was going to go with that. Well, if it's important, it will come back. But anyway, maybe it was just to say that book, which is a really cool book, Um, Pam Grout, and it's called E Squared. But yeah, like the smiles are real. You know, we're not putting on a farce here. There's, oh, I know what it was. I was doing this. See, here it is. (laughs) Woo! Open up to the channel. Um, Yes, I was doing an experiment about a blessing. So like, and you get, you say to, you know, it's just kind of fun. And you say to the universe, like, okay, 48 hours, I'm going to run this experiment. And I said, you know, um, I'm asking for a blessing. I said, now listen, universe, it's got to be obvious. It's got to be a big (laughs) one because there's blessings a million times a day in my life. That's amazing. There's miracles everywhere I look in my life. So if this blessing is going to be the one that I'm asking for, I need it to be super obvious. Yeah. And it came and it was super obvious. But even in that day alone, there was like a whole bunch of other blessings that were coming. And I was like, no, that's kind of like a regular blessing that I get every day. Right. So it's, so yeah, like even in the challenge, like I see that there's blessings and miracles surrounding me within me 
everywhere I Absolutely. look. Absolutely. And I love that. And I think that's a good place to start when you're in one of those moments of fear and scarcity mindset. Just like stop everything and just look for blessings. Just start counting your blessings. And from there, you change your vibration. Yes. And from there, you are better equipped to receive the things that you're looking for and asking for. Yeah. All right. So tell us about your, you've had your sob session and you're like, all right, Nastasha, <laughs> let's start planning, girl, because we're not going yes, back. Yes, I want to yes. drop my kids off and I want to help them yes, with homework. Yeah. How does it now become choice? Okay, so uh, from there, I love I love part of the story. It's so fun for me. I, so I was about to lose uh, um, a, a small income that I had coming in that was helping me just make it. You know, I scratch by, I pay my rent, take care of my kids, and it was like exactly... $2,000 a month that like was coming in that I needed to survive on and without having to drain everything and, and just to like make it, you know, and have the quality of life that I was, that I was currently experiencing for the first time, not having to clock into a nine to five teaching. I was teaching for scripts. Um, I worked with, um, this group that taught, they were trained by, um, Neil Bernard's, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. the Progress PCRM, Life, PCRM yeah. yep. and so I was working with them and they had a contract to teach at scripts. And so I was getting to go in and teach plant-based cooking and nutrition classes to the employees of scripts. I can't even tell you how fearful I was the first time I went in there to, you know, a room full of like 30 doctors and nurses and like, what am I going to teach these guys? And then come to find out they, they loved what we were teaching because they had, such a lack of nutritional education. It was crazy. But um, yeah, so I was teaching. I was loving it. I loved my life, you know, and I didn't want to give that up, but I was about to lose this money and I, yeah, I knew I had to replace it somehow. And so it was this night that I was crying about money and how am I going to do this? I don't want to just go get a regular job and what am I going to do? And then, you know, I cried it all out and I was like, I, I refuse. I'm not going to go get a regular job. I don't care what I have to do. I am not. I'll live in a shack with nothing, you know, but the food for my kids' mouths, like, we don't need this stuff. We don't need any of it. We need our happiness. Like, that's what matters. And I refuse to just go get a nine to five. Like, that's the moment where I was like, uh-uh, I'm not going back from here. Like, I, I'm not doing it. And so uh, I, I think it was three days later, I got invited to a concert with a friend who happened to be the owner of a similar concept to what I do. I'll get into that a little bit more later. We got to talking in the car. We were all sharing a ride down to this concert. And the next morning, she was like, sent me an email. She asked for my email address from the mutual friend. And she sent me an email and verbatim was like, you are the essence of this company. And uh, I want to offer you a contract to come work, you know, 20 hours a week. You can make your own hours. You can work anytime you want. And it will pay you $2,000 a month. And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, to the dollar, the income I needed to replace showed up in exactly the way, but it didn't happen until I refused. You know, if, if it was in the back of my mind and heart that I was going to have a backup plan, a plan B, that wouldn't have happened. But you have to be backed into a corner almost. I, it's like, yes, that's, but it's, unwilling to give. Yes, yes. I can totally relate to that. Like, that is what I need. Like, I have deadlines. I was a web designer in a former life, and it's like, you have these deadlines. And yes. I would just, and you know this, like, I have like two months to build it, I'd do it the week before. I'd stay up all night and just like push because I need to be up against a wall. Yes, yes. And that's where, when you find out what your groove is, that's where you need to be because you know that's going to work. Yes. Yeah. But in your refusal was surrender. Yes. That refusal was disguised as, it was surrender disguised as refusal. It was. Because your words were, and and I've had these same words like, I will 
I will do whatever I need to do. Yes. Like I'll do whatever I need to yes. do to continue to live what I know is right yes, for me. Yes, exactly. And, and that's yes. what it is. It's not like, well, I want to live the way, but I've got this and this and this and this, these things that, you know, I can't, you were just like, I will do whatever it takes. Absolutely. Full surrender. Mm-hmm. And then the strong will of like, because I refuse, I refuse. To, to leave this path that I know is right exactly. for me. And it's funny, going back to what we were talking about earlier, um, you know, in this situation, I walked into this place the first time and it said, let food be thy medicine. And I was like, I'm home. Like, this is it. This is where, oh this is where I flourish, you know? And so when things started to fall apart there, because uh, there were things that were out of integrity for me and I'm, I'm all about integrity. That's, you know, if it doesn't, if there's no integrity, I can't do it. And, um, I started, I came up against a wall there and, um, you know, there were things that I wasn't okay being a part of. And, you know, I, you know, just to give you some, a little bit of context, but, you know, things that were being called organic that were really not, and, you know, things that were on the dirty dozen list, and I'm so passionate about organics, and so there were things, and I tried so hard, you know, but my voice kind of fell on deaf ears, and so I had this moment there, you know, a few months in after my perfect situation, you know, and I'm like, oh, no, you know. Now I have to walk away from the exact amount of money I needed. Exactly. Now it can't possibly come again. Exactly, exactly, (laughs) and here I thought, like, no, this is the thing. I'm supposed to do like this is my this is my it you know and but why you, isn't this working oh, you feel I didn't that even know I meant though like, yeah you feel, you that feel it but that's all of the like I said all of the things we label as good or bad like they're all for us my time there taught me so much that I needed to I was supposed to be just consulting giving recipes you know have a pretty mellow gig but I ended up working a lot of hours because the place was so poorly managed and they needed so much help and People were crying every day. It was a total, pardon my expression, but shit show. And so I jumped in and I was like trying to save everyone and save everything. And, you know, things just kept falling. You plug one hole, another one pops up, plug that hole, another one pops up. And, you know, and so again, I had that conversation with the universe and I was like, okay, universe, like, you know, it was exactly what I asked for with exception. Like, you know, now what? So I was like, well, maybe I can find something like this elsewhere. And I started looking and it didn't exist. And so I was like, I, I, I want to do it myself. I want to do it because I want to do it the way I would do it. I want to do it with integrity. I want to do it with heart, with purpose. For me, it's, it's never been about the money. I already had that, you know, for me, it was about following my purpose and making an impact. I want to leave the world a better place. And I found it. And I didn't feel like I was going to do that at a place that was being operated just for monetary reasons and didn't have the integrity. And so as soon as I said those words to the universe, it's like, be careful what you ask for. Mm-hmm. I, I, ironically, we, we mentioned earlier, we have a, somebody we know in common. And literally the week that I said out loud that I was going to do it, he called me to tell me that there was the detox lounge was for sale downtown, like out of nowhere, you know, somebody that just knows I'm in the juicing industry and what have you just like, Hey, there's this juice place for sale downtown. And I was like, okay. So, you know, I started just following these little leads I was getting. And then, you know, there wasn't one that I could buy that was what I, that was exactly what I wanted to create. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to create my own, you know? And then it was like, people started knocking on my door, like, hey, do you have any interest in the spot we're looking at? Least? I mean, it was just crazy. The way that things unfolded, you know, when you're on the right path, you know, it's, not, it's crazy, not to though. say, it's, it's, it's not to say that there's not going to be some roadblocks right. along the way and but you're not going to have to push through and be t- challenged, flow. but like, there's flow. It's like, there are these little signs that like, you cannot deny that you are doing what you're supposed to be doing. And that's really, I mean, that's how choice was born. I said it out loud one day and then people just started showing up in such a way it was mind blowing. Like I really love this spot in Carlsbad. I used to drive by it every day. It was closed half the time. And 
I, uh, you know, I always had a dream of doing something with it. Was there, was there a container? There was a container. Before? Container. It was brown and there was just lawn chairs out there, like just plastic lawn chairs and like the landscaping and the big tree and the wall garden, all that stuff wasn't there. And it's just a big empty lot. So to give most people of the time. some context, um, the first store, yeah, is a yeah. shipping container. Yeah. <laughs> it, so in Carlsbad, we have this sweet little village, which is so amazing for this gorgeous little beach town. And it's, there's old buildings and it's really, really quaint, but then you've got this like corner lot. Yes. Up until I recently, I called our mini little Central Park. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> up until recently, you had like this whole, whole nice five thousand square foot lot. Yeah, five thousand yeah. square foot lot with a tree, and it was like we brought. This, I actually had that thing craned in. It was like a hundred and fifty year old olive tree, mm-hmm. and then we had a big community table built around it with recycled wood. Mm-hmm. Um, put in that beautiful wall garden and the mural project. We got the city of Carlsbad to agree to and just created really a sanctuary there. Yeah, and then Choice Juicery itself is a container. Yes. So that <laughs> container, what was it before? It was a waffle place. I think it was called um, Boxed. I think it was called Boxed. So you're driving by and you're yeah. and you're looking at this. And well, you're- most of the time it's just this, this shipping container closed up. It was rarely ever open. And occasionally, you know, there'd be like two or three people in the lot, like on plastic chairs. And it just like, I just felt like it was so underutilized for what it could be in this prime spot in the middle of the village. Could you see could, it? Could you see? Oh, did yeah. you see a vision? Yes, I definitely saw a vision and my heart was in that place. So when I was speaking to somebody about it, um, when I was like, I God, I'd love that little space over, you know, on the corner. And they were like, oh, I know that person. Let me reach out and see if they're interested in selling it. And then they did. And he came back and he was like, no, I'm not interested in selling it. And so I was like, bummer. So we started looking at other places and I started moving on another location. It didn't feel right, but I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to stop. That's a roadblock. I'm not going to stop there. I set my intention. That's what I wanted. But just because I can't have that, I'm, I'm still going to, you know, you know, keep going. And so I found another spot further down on State Street. I wasn't that excited about it, but I was like, I'm supposed to be doing this. So moving forward. And I think it was like the night we were supposed to go in and present the idea to the board of like the city. It was like a city owned facility. We got a message from the guy like, I'm ready to sell the FBI this week. And at this point, I didn't I didn't even have a logo. I didn't have a name. I didn't have a menu. I didn't have anything. <laughs> Don't you love how the universe like sometimes it makes you like you're about to go present it to the city. And it's like sometimes the universe makes you do all this legwork. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, I yeah, don't even need it. to do this. But you very much did need to do I, it. it. There's, a, there's a reason for all of it. Absolutely. <laughs> so funny how it Absolutely. works. Absolutely. Yes. And so, um, yeah. So I said yes. I, you know, cleaned out, you know, my savings account and, you know, we had to buy the container. And then after we bought the container, we thought that the lease was transferable. That's what we were told at the time and um, from the person who I purchased the container from. And so then we found out it wasn't and that the lease could be terminated upon transfer. And so I had to track down the landlord who's now... I would call him a friend of mine, but at the time wouldn't give me a meeting. And here I am already like signing paperwork. I already own a container and I don't have <laughs> the land that it's on. And so I ended up having, I found out he was going to be like at the wine bar down the street one day. I, like we knew the owner of the wine bar and he was, I, so I literally showed up there and just was like, Hey, 
Um, but thankfully I won him over and he gave me the lease. So it was all kind of, from there it was just like magic. I mean, I had this dream for this, this wall garden on the wall. Um, I just had this vision for it. I just, I knew that wall needed a wall garden. I wanted it to be in recycled pallets. I didn't know how to do that. I knew nothing about succulents. I knew nothing about wall gardens. I knew nothing about any of it. And if anybody has our cookbook, <laughs> we have a picture. No way. Are you yeah, serious? Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait to see. Please. <laughs> Yeah, because we walk by that all the time, and it's just a, it's just a tranquil, tranquil, Aww. like, perfect spot to just... Right? And right next to it's a street, like yes, a busy street, so yes. you can just, it's just like a few feet over. You should over. see, I, I, would, I wish I could put a camera on there just to catch people's reactions as they stop and, like, really take in the beauty of it every time. And, and read, read. Yes. The, the, so oh, my gosh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I hope that was okay we oh took my pictures. God, of course that's <laughs> Is this okay. okay we took pictures? Oh, my gosh, it makes me want to cry. That is incredible. Yeah, so if you have our cookbook, uh, The Wall yeah, Garden, that we're it, talking so. about is on page 48 and 29. I love and it. If you so. don't have the cookbook, then you need to get the cookbook. I'm gonna have yeah, to. Yeah, you try the cookbook. <laughs> Amazon. Okay, so yeah, so you have so this vision. This vision for this wall garden, and it's coming down to the wire. Like we're within days of our grand opening. Like it's like a pre-party for you know you be, invite like a hundred friends and family, and you're testing out the menu, you're testing out all those things on these people, and so this party is like within days. And at this point, I've already had my the guy who's doing most of like the work for me on the lot go with me, pick out pallets. So I decided on the pallets that the wall garden was going in. I even decided on where I was going to put it and had them affixed to the wall. But I had no idea how I was going to get the wall garden in there. It was within like two days and I'm like, this has to be done before the grand opening. I want people to really, felt like that really completed it, you know? And so I remember... As opposed to just having two pallets yes, on just the side hanging of out the wall. wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's like six up there. So it was a big empty... Yeah, it would have been a little weird. Um, and so uh, it was so funny. It was like two days before and um, I get this phone call one day. It was a, it was a voice when I just had gotten done saying, I need to figure out how I'm going to you know who I'm gonna have help me do the wall garden and I look down I say I missed a call and there's a voicemail and I like put the voicemail and I don't even remember who was in the car with me someone was and we both laughed as we listened to it because it was like you know after we had been having a conversation how things just keep working out it's just crazy like things just keep working out and this guy calls and he's like hi my name's uh his name was Kevin hi my name's Kevin he's like I was uh just in line over at the coffee shop down the road and I ever heard someone saying that they're gonna put a wall garden in you know at that space in Carlsbad and I do wall gardens and somebody one of them happened to know you and they gave me your contact I hope it's okay that I called you but I'd love to help you with your wall garden and I'm not kidding you that's how everything works out with choice I mean it just flow I mean Mm -hmm. the craziest stuff we have pulled off you wouldn't even I, I, I could tell you story after story after story of the things that like just like the most impossible feats before us and we have no idea how we're gonna make it through and just like in the the girls um, that work with me tell me all the time, like, you got someone looking out for you. Because, like, and, like, we all do. It's called the universe. Um, but, like, things just keep working out, you know, in the final hour when you really think you don't know how you're going to pull it off. It's just amazing what's what's come through to make this vision become what it is and to help us to make the impact that we're trying to make on the world. So it's been really rad. Let me just go right to the question then. What is the impact you're trying to make on the world? Uh, well, um, my, you know, I'm... I have a few big passions in life. Um, I would say number one is I'm I'm a passionate vegan, and um, I I care a lot about the whole vegan movement. 
not just because, um, you know, of my own personal health, although I think it's the healthiest diet, everything I've read and studied says it's the healthiest diet in my personal experience has been that, um, but also have a deep, deep place in my heart for the animals and, you know, the animals and what they're going through, you know, to wind up on our plates. Um, and so that's a, that's a huge one for me, but then also the impacts on the environment. And so for me, it's like all of those three things are, I feel like I have a direct, um, effect on all of those things by the choices that I make about what I put in my body. And when I got to open up choice and also get to impact, even if it's, you know, one meal that that person made that day, they made a good choice for themselves. They made a good choice for the planet and they made a good choice for the animals with that one meal. So for me, like every meal that we serve out of choice is making a positive impact. For me, I would say, I believe that that's why I'm here is to help to spread this movement. And um, choice is that, that stepping stone for me. It's that, you know, platform for me to disseminate that information. We're not very vocal, I would say, necessarily about, you know, you don't go to the counter and the girls aren't, you know, beating you over the head with the vegan Bible by any means. It doesn't means. say vegan on doesn't your... It doesn't even say vegan yeah. on the menu. I think we have like a little icon on a couple of things, but it says plant-based. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for that is from back in my banking days, I learned a lesson really early on into my vegan career. I think it was like two weeks in to be exact, but I went vegan around Christmas time and we had a holiday party and I was known for making really good food and I, the expectations were high. And so I brought in these amazing chocolate chip vegan, they were chocolate chip oatmeal cookies and they were vegan, but I was kind of, um, I was afraid of questions. I was so early into it. I just had, you know, been exposed to some ideas and I was wanting to make that change, but I wasn't ready to like commit out loud. I just wasn't doing it yet. You know, I wasn't eating anything else. I was just strictly vegan, but like not committing for forever yet and dabbling, I guess you could say. And um, so I made these cookies, but I wasn't vocal. I didn't want to tell everyone they were vegan because I was afraid they were going to ask me questions and I wouldn't know how to answer them. So I just put them in the back with all the other food and didn't say a word. I went back to 30 minutes later, they were gone. Like everybody devoured these cookies. And all night long, they were like, I got to get that recipe from you. Those were so good. I love those cookies. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So then... Uh, a couple weeks later, it's New Year's Eve, and we have another like holiday party, and I'm like so excited at this point. I'm decided like this is a forever thing. I'm ready to be more vocal about it, and open about it. And I've even told a few people at this point. And so I bring the same cookies. Only this time, I'm like, I brought some vegan cookies. Nobody ate them. Nobody okay, they the, ate them. They're the, they the same, same cookies that everybody loved the week before. I'm like, what are you afraid of? Uh, like, it's a banana that makes it, instead of an egg, it's a banana. Do you eat bananas? Like, what are you afraid of? Um, but I realized that it still had a very negative connotation, especially back then. And so when I decided to open Choice, even though everything on our menu is 100% vegan, um, for me, I didn't want to scare people away before they had an opportunity to to try it, you know, and I felt like if I was so vocal and it was all over your face, I felt like people might not give it the chance. And that's really been my experience. So many people, I mean, I would say 80% of our clientele is not vegan, but they make vegan choices every time they're at our store. And, um, I, I think, you know, a big part of that is they're not turned off by it because before they can make an idea in their minds about what it's going to be or taste like or feel, they don't have this expectation and then they have the, they have it, they enjoy it. And then if they find out after the fact it's vegan, there's no no qualms about it. (laughs) I I was just going to say, I think one of the, the, the biggest draws in my opinion as the, the walk by traffic is that one smoothie bowl amazing photo that you guys have out there because it it just shows like 
I think people, you know, it's normally warm here, yes, right? It's yes, 70s and warm. Normally, yeah, with so the exception of today, rainy day. Today, <laughs> I was out there for quite a while in the rain. It was like raining <laughs> and not raining. Yeah, I experienced that. But I think that's such a great point. Like you're, and we'll put photos up of, of your place, but it's just like super white. There's a touch of green yes, on yes. your logo, black and white. And then it's the color of the succulents. Yeah. And it's that that board right on the corner there, especially during the farmer's market. <laughs> Being like, healthy never tasted so sweet. <laughs> and yeah. the picture it's of the bowl. Well, and you know, why do we have to, it's not like we're trying to trick people. Yeah. And I realized without even, I published a book that doesn't say vegan. No kidding. Like it's in, inside it talks about plant-based and, you right. know, cause I have yes. like four chapters, yes. like how do you thrive on a plant-based. Yes. But if you look at the cover, it just says high vibe recipes. Beautiful. Like cover. high vibe recipes <laughs> for the athlete appetite, right? Like, and that's our, what our pizza that's yes. in there. It's incredible. And it it's not like amazing. I'm trying to trick people. I actually didn't even realize that it didn't say vegan on it. People were right. asking me like, is your cookbook vegan? And I realized like, oh my gosh, it doesn't even say that it's vegan. Yeah. Because to me, being vegan is no big deal. Right. It's, it's just, not a it's, big deal. It's the norm right. for you. It's yes. the norm yes. for me. And I feel like it's safe. Well, you don't see non-vegan cookbooks saying non-vegan right. cookbook. Exactly. This is a meat book. You know, right. like, no, it's just a cookbook. You know? Yeah. And, and if you go, um, <laughs> we, we stay, um, we'll be going up to Mendocino next month and there's I don't know if you've heard of this place called the Stanford Inn uh-uh oh, really it's a ve- it's a basically a vegan inn really? up in Mendocino right on the coast no absolutely amazing kidding. oh my gosh super dog friendly Clark wow. by the way is Whole Foods plant that's He's amazing totally vegan, yeah. thriving and um yeah and so you look at their menu and it will say like uh let's say you know ravioli with mozzarella and blah 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 and you're like you know, as yes. like a paranoid yes. vegan, you're like, um, and yeah. you don't want to, but it says right yes. at the bottom, all of our, all of our recipes are plant-based. Yes. So, but then your mind starts going a little oh, yes. crazy, but they don't make but Do they really know what plant-based means? Like, do they know the definition? Does, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. why does mozzarella mean that it's, you know, the secretion from exactly. an animal? Yes. Like, why can't it yes. be a nut Like that lawsuit or, that went around because they were calling like a plant-based mayonnaise milk. mayonnaise or yeah. something like that and right. also the milks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Same thing. It's like, why did they get, like, why? Why, why do they get the market on yes. milk? Like, yes. milk is the juice that comes yes. from something that, like, yes. like it can be a nut. It yes. could be, what? I was going to say, <laughs> the one story that we went up to uh, Fort Bragg to get that dinner at Pizza Hut because we just wanted pasta. It wasn't Pizza Hut. It was, I just want to make sure that everybody (laughs) knows that we don't eat a Pizza Hut. It was was like this local little like pizza. I mean, it might as well have been Pizza Hut. It was just like this local. You were preparing for a race and so we just wanted simple pasta and red sauce. Yes. And we ordered and we just were like, you know, we don't need the cheese. You know, we just, they're like, you sure you don't they were need like the trees? Deer in the headlights. Yeah. Like, yeah, we don't need the cheese. Deer in the headlights. It took 15, 20 minutes because it must have been a busy weekend. Maybe a half an hour. It was like the longest. Like, they were probably just like, I don't understand. No cheese. Yes. And then they served it up. And it had the cheese on it. Oh my like gosh. twice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah. they just, it, 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 it yes. didn't connect. The yes. connection yes. wasn't made. They heard no, us. Yeah, but. it's still absolutely. I know. It's so funny. I have, this is a little bit unrelated, but it, it just shows you. Yeah. Um, I took my kids up to Big Bear to go snowboarding, I, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago. And, uh, you know, we always pack our, most of the time we're packing our food everywhere we go. Like, because especially in a mountain town like that, like it, I, it's really hard for me to pay a lot of money for like a side salad, you know, that I could make it home so much better. 
better. With love. Yeah, with love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then a chef who's like cursing as they throw together like mm-hmm. this, you know, salad with all these modifications. <laughs> and so um, uh, we're up there and we were on the mountain one day and the kids were like begging me for, I don't know what it was that they wanted, something like something that I wouldn't normally give them like French fries or something like that. And I was like, okay, fine. You know, they broke me after a, a long time of begging. And so I was going to let them like have a cheat and like go get some French fries. And so we're like going down to this like cabin thing and, uh, or the little, you know, place on the mountain where they, they basically only have fried foods or like all they have, which I learned is actually all they have. But, um, I, you know, I'm in the line and I asked the lady, I'm like, um, do you guys have like a little side of like fruits and vegetables, like a little side of like fruit and veggies? And she was like, <laughs> we're not that fancy here. And I was like, whoa. I mean, it was like as if you would, like it was as if I asked her for like something, like so I, just a side of, like I'll take a carrot, you know? <laughs> um, but, you know, it was it was considered fancy to have like just play, like a side of just veggies and, and a couple pieces of sliced fruit. It was just shocking me, but it just goes to show you, you know, how people are so uneducated about food yeah. as... Yeah, food and medicine food and, and just food, food is, in general. Yeah. What is vegan? What is, right. you know, what does yeah. that even mean? What is plant-based? I hear people all the time, like, I'm 100% plant-based. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Yeah, I just do a little bit of chicken, a little bit of fish. And I'm like, I think we have a different definition of plant-based. Uh, so, you know. <laughs> and it does get a little, it does get a little tricky. I went to um, a vegan academy in New York City last fall and, and it, there was, it was really all comprehensive, just beautiful, um, you know, five or seven day, I think seven day academy that I went to. And there was a lot of ethical vegans there. And there was a lot of people who are just so hardcore about yes. not using plant-based. And like, and like for BJ and I, like if, it, if an athlete wants to come and coach with us, yes, right? Like, but they, they're not ready to go. I want, I want to be inclusive. Yes. I want to be inclusive. Yes. Like they're curious about it, yes. but they're not, you know, you were don't kind, ruin you that, progress like, for perfection is yeah, like the term exactly. that comes to mind. You and know? so I don't necessarily agree with that. I just, I want to be inclusive. Absolutely. I want to be welcoming of all things, all people, yes. all belief systems. Like yes. I see that, like it's perspective and we're talking about breaking patterns right. and rewiring our brain Absolutely. and I want to be as supportive as I possibly Absolutely. can. Absolutely. I always, for me, I always, you know, if somebody even wants to one meal a week, it's like, let's reward that. Let's celebrate that. That's one meal a week where they're making a great choice for everybody. Like rather than be like, that's not enough. You know, I I definitely agree with, you know, progress. Progress, not yes. perfection. Yes. So going back, because I can't even believe it. We're almost like at an hour. I know. I can't believe that. So fast. <laughs> but going back, I want to touch upon, um, so you found this book in your grandmother's room after mm-hmm. she had passed. So you had said that there was an interesting story there. And I want to, okay. can you share that story? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, grandmother light in a very dark place. Um, she had an autoimmune disease called scleroderma, which basically means turn to stone. It affects different parts of your body. And so it basically like, like basically turns it to stone essentially. So my, my grandma was 50, I think. It's like two. a horrible fairy tale. Terrifying, terrifying. Like, terrible I know. Um, and so she, she it affected her lungs. So she basically looked like she had lungs of like a 90 year old smoker. She was 52 and she never smoked a day in her life. So her lungs were just like completely um, destroyed by the age of 52. And so she was, you know, diagnosed and really quickly, like she went downhill. I mean, in a matter of months, she was like on an oxygen tank, like could barely get around. And then, um, you know, they gave her a prescription to help with the symptoms of her disease. And, um, one of the side effects of that medication that they gave her was a heart attack. And so, 
she one night thought she was having a heart attack. She called 911. They came out. They checked her vitals. They said she was fine. Um, she demanded. She was very stubborn, as am I. Uh, and so she demanded that they take her to the hospital, and they did. But, you know, when they check them into triage, and like, you know, here's her vitals. She's fine. So they put her in triage and came back to check on her 45 minutes later, and she was already in cardiac arrest, and she died. And um, so hearing that story, you know, as a what 11-year-old little girl, that, you know, not only did my grandma have this disease, you know, and the people that were supposed to help her didn't listen to her, and then she died because of the, you know, complications of the medication that they gave her to treat her disease. None, none of that makes you sense. You know, none of it made sense to me. And then literally within a couple of days, I was cleaning out her room, and I found this book about how food is medicine. And she never got to read the book. It was um, for you. But it really was. It definitely was I mean that that planted a seed and um so my whole life as I said earlier you know I was so uh, um interested in health and wellness and nutrition because I I saw somebody who didn't she never got the chance I think if she had been given the chance to read that book and to make those choices for herself she would have and she didn't get to make those choices and um so for me I guess it's kind of like I feel like I'm carrying some sort of a torch in some way you know the legacy of her life to me and doing the work that I do is in some way, I hope, you know, impacting people and inspiring people to make better choices for their health. And who knows what that ripple effect will create, but that's definitely one of the most impactful things I would say, you know, watching what happened to her. That's so beautiful. That was all for you, for, for you to have this purpose unfold, like so beautiful. And we don't, we don't, I don't think we, we know fully uh, the service that we're in of other people when we live our purpose, when we start to follow that, right. you know, and, and the example that we're living. And I always say to people, like, just, just keep living the example, like just mm. keep living the example. Like that is being in service of Absolutely. other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, that's the, the ripple effect. I like that you mentioned. Yeah. That. So speaking of the ripple effect, like <laughs> choice, where's the vision of choice? Uh, let's talk, let's just wrap that up. Yes, we're, please. We're close. Uh, yeah. So we opened our first store in 2014. I think it was nine months later, we opened our second store, which is kind of ironic how that came about. I got hit with three lawsuits my first six months of being in business. <laughs> almost sank us among, you know, poor food costs, no idea how to run labor numbers, no idea what cogs were. I had no idea what I was doing when I started. And I'm, I'm so, it's so funny. They say like, if you, if you knew uh, then what you know now, I probably would have never jumped because <laughs> I had to learn everything on the job, you know? <laughs> I just went to my accountant today and I was like, so here's all our stuff. Um, you're definitely going to need to be calling us. I know you're going to have questions. And that form that you told me to fill out, I have no idea what that form is or how to fill it out. Yeah. I'm like, but, you know, we're doing well. Yeah. We're doing better than last year. <laughs> so, yeah, I totally get yes, it. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> so, um Oh my goodness, I lost my train of thought. Where was I going with so that? Second, you- second, second store, second yes, one. yes. So second store came about because one of the people who was actually trying to sue us um, for trademark infringement because we the, have the continents as they exist, you know, in the back of our logo. There was a juice company that had the continents, um, like it was like... It was like um, Pangea made up of fruits and vegetables and then the name of their company after it. And so um, they thought that we were infringing on their trademark. So they hit us with a lawsuit, one of the three. And um, a couple months later, of course, we shut it out. There was no possibility of confusion. It was so different, but it still costs a lot of money to deal with that stuff, unfortunately. <laughs> and so um, a couple short months later, we got, um, I, I was talking to a gym 
owner that I knew in the same center as that juice company. And they were asking me to collaborate with them on a cleanse program for their like new year thing. And I was like, I, 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 I would love to, but you guys have a juice company in your center and I've already had some challenges with them and I don't want to step on their toes. They're like, oh no, they, they shut their doors last week. They're closed. And I was like, what? <laughs> so we, I was like, why would they put me through that if they were just going to shut their doors? You know? So I actually, ha- ironically, I had the guy's contact info because of the lawsuit. Because he sued you. Because he sued me. So I was able to call him and be like, hey. Like, hey, new subject matter. Yes. <laughs> so in the end, he ended up helping me get that location. So ended up being wow. beautiful. Another perfect example of how the things that seem to be happening to us are always happening for us. You could have totally gone down the other, other, other Absolutely. path so easily. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that story came about in 2015. Um, and then that's about the time I started figuring things out. I hired a, a consultant who had been in the restaurant industry for years and um he's just incredible and he's taught me pretty much everything I know about running a business and um so he came on board and really helped me to figure things out we you know stopped the bleeding and learned how to like you know tweak things and you know change our you know stuff around so that we could actually like keep our doors open and pay our bills which was great um and then in uh 2016 we had the opportunity to open up our third store Del Sur um so we opened that one up I was uh, I think nine months pregnant, eight months pregnant when we opened the doors, single, nine months pregnant and um, doing, you know, a full build out by myself, which was pretty crazy, but we did it, pulled it off, got that opened. And then um, this last year we opened up our new kitchen facility. So we moved out of a 300 square foot kitchen, which we produced all of our food in for all three stores into a 2000 square foot kitchen. Um, And now we are in negotiations with our fourth location right now. We should be hopefully signing the lease in the next two days. So is it top secret or where it is that? still? Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's I don't. Awesome. I don't like to say anything cool. until the lease is signed. Sure. But um, it's pretty much, you know, it's pretty much a done deal. But just, just to make sure that we protect the location until the totally. lease is Absolutely. signed. But um, it. it's in San Diego still. Um, but yeah, so that'll be our fourth. Um, what is a vision for choice for me? Um, I want more choice in the world. You know, I want to be everywhere where they need a high quality organic you know, kitchen that provides high quality, high energy food and nutrition, um, with integrity. Um, I create, um, a lot of joy in my life by doing what I do and making the impact that I do. And I feel like the team that I'm blessed to work with, uh, they, they do the same. I feel like they, we, we all vibe off of each other and we all bring so much to the table and, being able to grow that team of conscious, amazing, incredible human beings and get to watch, as we said earlier, the ripple effects mm-hmm. from internally, but also like externally, you know, what the impact that we make on the world and our little community just blows my mind. And I want to do a lot more of that. So what does that look like? You know, in in my, my perfect world, you know, we'd have choices all over the country. Um, I used to say that I wanted to be the Starbucks of my industry, not because I want to be anything like Starbucks, but I just want to be everywhere like Starbucks. And I feel like every time we open a choice, that's one less McDonald's in the world, you know. So I want to do a lot more of that. <laughs> I love it. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Natasha. Absolutely. Thank you for having so, me. I feel like we could go forever. I know, definitely. I feel like we definitely. Well, maybe we do when the new, new shop opens. Yes, we can do some, I love uh, that. Follow up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, anytime. Yeah. This was absolutely lovely. Thank you guys so much for having me. Awesome, right? 
Are you motivated to get out of your comfort zone just so you can lean into the discomfort? This combo has given me great oomph to charge full speed ahead in life. If you want a little more from our guest today, then get over to Patreon. We have a great extra with her that is already up there for our supporters of $5 or more a month. We dive into her powerful plant-based story that includes some interesting information that may shift your perspective. And if you're local, mention this podcast and get yourself a free boost for your smoothie or bowl ASAP. Thank you, Choice, for hooking up our local audience. We are so grateful to Nastasha for sharing so generously with us and for each one of you guys for tuning in. If you're looking to support the show but financially is just not your jam, then please share this podcast with your communities. Leave a review on iTunes and use our Amazon banner ad in the blog post for this episode on yogitriathlete.com. None of these things cost you a thing, not one cent, and they assist the YTP in gaining the ground necessary to further our mission to create a better world. So go in, get still, inquire about what you love, notice what makes you feel alive, and follow those breadcrumbs. It may be scary, it may be uncomfortable, and it's almost always steeped in the unknown, but allow yourself to dream and spend a little time every day in that infamous land of the unknown, the land where limits do not exist, where purpose is commonplace, and where possibility is reality.